You are listening to the Daily Escape Podcast with Sadie K. Frazier. This episode has been brought to you by Traveling Realms Media. are you all doing this fine autumn day? I'm doing pretty great. I had a little bug that kind of kept me down a few days last week, but I'm feeling a little bit better and I'm kind of back to my halfway spunky self. So look out world, here I come. (laughs) Right now I'm kind of elbow deep or knee deep. Wait, which one is deeper? Whichever it is. Either way, I am deep into building my writer's workshop. I've decided to name that part, How to Write Your First Novel Without Having a Panic Attack. And then I'm finishing up notes and slides for my full online signature course called Bring the Story Inside Your Heart to Life. So if you're already an author and you just want some useful tips to reset your mindset and motivate you to keep on keeping on, these trainings are definitely for you. Or if you're just an ordinary Joe or Jane or whoever you are, and you want to learn where the heck you even begin to start writing your story, whether it be fiction, nonfiction, I am here to joyfully help you face your fears. In my course, I'm going to be teaching people how to rid themselves of doubt, um, give you some tools to combat writer's block, and how to master your mindset. Because as we all know, if we don't master our mindset first, we are not going to get very far in anything we set our mind to. So, As it gets a little bit closer, I'll be posting a lot of things on social media to kind of help set the stage and get you inspired. Stay tuned because there's some exciting things coming your way very soon and I could not be more excited. Okay, so for this week's podcast, let's take a step back for a minute. If you remember last week's podcast, I shared a podcast that my hubby and I had done and I was the co-host of when I was doing podcasting with him. And his podcast is called the Crafted Quill Podcast. So, by the way, if you have not already done so, you should really hop over to his channel and check it out. I might be a little biased, but I kind of think he's pretty amazing. So, he's just wrapping up his Love Language series. And we're going to be doing a two-part mini-series together here coming up. I think we're going to start on his podcast for the first part and end on my podcast for the second part. We'll be brainstorming, hopefully this weekend, to put our heads together and come up with some fun and inspirational marriage stories and motivation on how to keep the flame burning even after 20 plus years together. Our 22nd wedding anniversary is coming up here in a couple weeks. That should be fun, so stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss that one. All right, anyway, last week I shared with you a prior podcast that we'd done. Let me try that again. Last week, I shared with you a prior podcast we'd done where we interviewed a couple friend of ours. Their names are Adam and Catherine Frazier of Adventures of A Plus K. 
and they are a couple of fellow vloggers and they have quite the following on YouTube. Um, I decided from thinking about that episode that I wanted to do a series on people who inspire us to want to do more, to want to be more. And they automatically come to mind when I think about two individuals that truly know how to live life to the fullest. They bought a van a few years ago and they're now living their dream out loud. They're traveling, living the van life, and they are totally rocking it. They are such an inspiration to us. And I wish that there was a way that we could do our jobs on the road and travel full time like that as well. Just travel all over the place, see the sights, not miss out on what the world has to offer. And they are also a reminder to me that life is just too short. There's so many things happening around us that are, it's just chaos everywhere. It just, I feel like the world is just in a state of constant flux and chaos lately. So get out there and take what's yours. Every hope, every dream, every single ounce of joy that you can squeeze out of life. Never stop trying to dream your life until you've made every one of those dreams come true. So this week, I kind of I kind of debated on which topic I wanted to talk about this week, but I thought that I would still keep with the same tone of um, a series of people who inspire me to want to do more and be more. So I would like to share this week with you a few of my favorite happiness makers that I follow and some of their stories on life. And through their journey of me sharing their passion and their hope with you, I hope to show you how to create happiness everywhere you go, even when you don't feel like it sometimes. So I guess I'll just start with um, this lady named Jenna. Her name is Jenna Kutcher, and it's K-U-T-C-H-E-R. A doctor I worked with had mentioned her name and said, hey, I think you'll really like the things she has to say. She's a motivational speaker, blah, blah, blah. So I checked her out, and I found her website at jennacutcher.com. So right on her website, she introduces herself as an educator, digital marketer, podcaster, hype woman, overachiever, mama, and BFF who brings the good snacks. I mean, what's not to love about that? So I signed up for her emails or newsletters and pretty much all things Jenna. And she's so down to earth. She's kind of a nerdy goofball like me. So I could really relate to the stories that she shared in her emails about her life. And then I stumbled onto her Gold Digger podcast. And that's Gold, G-O-A-L, Digger podcast. And it's been shared on Forbes, Marie Claire, USA Today, Good Morning America. And once I started listening to her, it really changed a few things for me. And it changed my mindset and my perspective. Every podcast I listened to, I felt like I found new ways to connect with her and people she interviews or the topics she discusses. She also just hit her 500th episode. I mean, I celebrated last week or a couple weeks ago because I just hit my 10th episode. So I can't wait to hit my 500th as well. And of course, I'll probably be like 98 years old. But hey, it's never too late to start living the dream. So back to Jenna. No matter what she's talking about, she shares her thoughts, her passion, her stories, even her woes and the things that bring her down. She shares them with joy. She always finds that ray of sunshine and happiness just seems to kind of exude from her. So just recently she had on a guest speaker who I'd never heard of probably until about the time that the doctor I worked with mentioned Jenna. And she also mentioned this guy's name and I, I really never took the chance to look him up on one of her recent episodes. I think it was last week or the week before 
she had him on the podcast. So I thought, okay, well, now's a good time to listen to her and kind of check him out. His name is Brendan Burchard, B-U-R-C-H-A-R-D. He's now the founder of something called Growth Day. So Jenna announced him as one of the earliest leaders in the online education space, and he's gone on to impact over 2 million students with his courses. He's a leading coach, a favorite author, a respected leader, and one of her go-to texts when she needs to hash out an idea. He shared the stage with the Dalai Lama. Can you believe that? That would be so cool. Uh, Sir Richard Branson, Tim Ferriss, and more. Oprah herself named Brendan one of the most successful online trainers in history. I would also add that he's one of the most inspirational and motivational influencers that I've ever listened to. One would think with him having all of those accolades behind him, that he's pretty much always had his crap together. At least that's what I would assume. He might have struggled like as a teenager, maybe earlier in life, but it seems to me like when he's got all of that behind him, he's got it all together. He knows what he's doing. And he's coached some of the most successful people in the world, Olympians, presidents, billionaires. What it comes down to at the end of the day, no matter how much money they make or fame and recognition they collect, he says that successful people want three things. First, they want to feel the day. Isn't that what we all want to do? I mean, if you, I don't care if you have a gazillion dollars, if you don't feel the day and experience all that stuff through joy, through happiness, what, what good does that money do you? Brendan goes on to explain that this means actually experiencing your journey, living the moment of emotions, not just downing endless coffee and powering through endless work to reach some benchmark of success you've invented for yourself. And then the second thing he says that people want more than anything is depth and meaning in their relationships. And I truly feel that that is key. They want their work to have a level of mastery and art, not just answering emails and Slack messages all day. And I can really feel that because in the course that I'm building, in the podcast that I'm doing, in the books that I've written, there is a huge piece of me missing if I don't put my heart into those things. I don't want to just simply sit here and talk to you every week or write a book or tell you how to do things. I want to put my knowledge, my experience, but most of all, my heart. I want to share that depth and that meaning with you so that I can help you to do better and to be better. So finally, the third thing that Brendan says that everybody wants is that they want more fulfilling pursuits, things that they can say, you know what, that means something that matters. You can do that with a $100,000 business or a $10,000 business or a $2 billion business. At the end of the day, if you know that those are the three outcomes you're after to feel the experience of the day, to have depth in your life, and to sense that what you're doing has meaning and fulfillment, then you're winning regardless of your bank account, regardless of your follower account. You are winning so far beyond. And I just love that because that's where I feel like I'm at. We don't have the money to put into my business like I would truly want to. There's a lot of things that I want to do and get and be and all these things. But my business is not going to change a bit if I don't put my heart and soul into it and if it doesn't have meaning and fulfillment at the end of the day. So with Brendan's long career in the personal development and coaching space, he has amassed a large audience and people who follow his work. One thing he noticed, though, was that sometimes a student would come into his coaching program and attend maybe a month or two, and then they would just drop out. And he said it was confusing to him because he felt like coaching should be experienced longer than just a few months if real personal development was the goal. 
So then COVID hit and Brendan knew that his students needed a place where every aspect of personal development coaching journey was contained in one place, one platform that also welcomed a strong connection. So that's where his idea for Growth Day developed. Brendan knew that it would be important to incorporate voices of women, diverse voices, voices with viewpoints other than his own. And that's the short version of his story. But with all those ideas needing to come together, he created that platform called Growth Day. Again, I got on and looked at Growth Day. Um, you can sign up for, I believe, like a monthly membership and it, you can do some journalism and all kinds of stuff on there. But there's a bunch of free stuff on there, too, that if you follow them, you, there's so many voices out there that are ready to inspire and motivate you. So, again, he's super inspirational. He's a happiness maker everywhere he goes. And he found a way to take a crappy situation, a.k.a. COVID, quarantine. Our whole world exploded with doubts, fears, skepticism of the entire world's future. And he made it into a positive. He created happiness instead of letting it steal the joy he'd worked so hard to create. Now, because of Growth Day and the High Five Bonus Challenge that I talked to you guys about a couple weeks ago on the podcast, I was introduced to another woman named Mel Robbins. Now, she too is a powerhouse. She's super inspirational, motivational influencer, and I, I aspire to be as joyful as these people are someday. But guess what? There's a theme here. Their lives were not always this way. They were just like us. And they too struggled to find that joy, to find that happiness and to turn it around and make something of it. So let me share with you a little bit of Mel Robbins story. Unemployed, facing bankruptcy, marital challenges, struggling with alcohol. It seemed like life was mounting challenge upon challenge on Mel Robbins. She responded with excuses and nothing changed. How many of us do that as well? I find every excuse in the book not to put forth the effort sometimes to change. And we're never going to get anywhere if we keep in that mindset. So one morning when she decided to rock it out of bed instead of hitting snooze and giving herself the reason to stay in it, the five second rule was born. And it led to an incredible transformation and growth in her own life that she now shares with others. So she has been a guest on the Gold Digger podcast as well. And that's where I listen to some of her motivational things that she has to say. And it's it's awesome that she has found a way to teach a different lifestyle. She explores critical moments that set her on a new path. The five second rule that has become the foundation of her personal transformation journey and teachings and the high five challenge. Okay. So when she was on the podcast that I listened to, it was called five seconds changed everything. Mel Robbins dives deep into the hard stuff, the time in her life when she felt anchored to rock bottom and the events that got her here. If you have listened to any of my podcasts before, you remember me talking about staying anchored to the past, untethering ourselves from the past and that rock bottom that we no longer need to hold on to. She had decided that she was going to imagine a rocket that inspired her to count down from five and then launch out of bed. So five, four, three, two, one, up and out of bed, taking on the morning, getting your kids to school, encouraging her husband rather than fighting with them. That's a huge thing right there is the mindset for you as a couple, feed each other good stuff in the morning and you'll have a much better day. Don't spend time fighting with your kids, your husband, your dogs, whatever it is, 
Encourage each other before you ever leave for work. It'll make things so much easier. Create that happiness spark before you ever walk out that door. Okay, so back to Mel. She had decided to approach her days differently than she ever had before, and each morning started with a 54321 countdown. Somehow, to her shock, it changed everything for her. Little did she realize at the time that this countdown method actually had a firm base in science. That science behind the five seconds was, we all know that you cannot think your way to a new life. You must act your way there. I do believe, in my personal opinion, I believe it does start with the thought process, though. If the thought process isn't there, if you don't believe it, it's harder to act your way there. So inside that five-second window, you have a habit of hesitating. And that habit of hesitating for five seconds is the moment that you start to think about what you need to do. The subconscious part of your brain kicks in where all of your habits are stored. For example, let's say you're sitting at a large family gathering and you have this impulse that you need to say something. Maybe somebody in the family is droning on about politics and it's getting toxic and you're thinking they really just need to shut up. And you have that impulse. So you start thinking about it. And within five seconds, you're now trapped in the autopilot or subconscious part of your brain where anxiety procrastination, perfectionism, insecurity. Now you're running on and on and on in an endless loop. So instead of saying what you wanted to say, you're just now thinking about it. <clears throat> so if you go five, four, three, two, one, even just in your own mind, what happens is that you move from the subconscious part of your brain and the counting backwards requires you to focus on the counting that awakens your prefrontal cortex. That's the part of your brain that you use when you learn new things. So when you act with courage, when you think intentionally or strategically, it's the part of your brain that gives you immediate control over what you think and what you do next. So by counting backwards, you're interrupting habits of thinking and habits of behavior that hold you back. The fancy term for that, she said, is called metacognition in the language of habit research. And I thought that was super cool if you stop and think about it that way, that five seconds in your day can literally change your entire world. If we make that choice to stop, count that five seconds out, and then reset our mindset to something a little bit more positive and constructive, half the time we're not even going to say what we were thinking. We're just going to change our mind and be like, you know what, I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to choose to serve with love and happiness instead. And if not, maybe there's a better way that you could rephrase what you were going to say without causing confrontation. Maybe you could turn that into a positive as well. So Mel has a new book out. It's called The High Five Habit. And it's super exciting to have her share her thoughts on that five second rule. And she says that it was born out of a very, very low moment in her life. It started with a very simple and stupid sounding thing that has crazy amount of science behind it. The theme that the book tackles is one that we talk about all the time that we all know we need to be better at, and that is self-love. That five-second rule helps you to take action, and the high-five habit fundamentally changes who you are and how you relate to yourself. Okay, so she just finished her online high-five challenge that invited all people to wake up five mornings in a row and begin their day with a high-five in the mirror. And she said, when you high-five yourself in the mirror, you receive a high-five that is shared celebration of your existence. It means that you're being seen. You're being celebrated for the unique person you are, even if you're doing it for yourself. 
And she says, she's here to tell you that when you make a habit to raise your hand and high five yourself in the mirror, you'll not only change how you relate to yourself, but you'll change what is possible because you will be tapping into the single greatest motivational force on the planet. And that is feeling seen, celebrated, and supported. So again, let me recap on Mel a little bit. She could have given in to addiction and let it rule her life. She could have let those excuses, those mountains, those obstacles completely overcome her. And she could have become an angry, bitter person, mad at the world, swallowed up in self-pity like the rest of us. It was her choice to make, but she did not do that. Instead, she too created happiness from nothing. And look at where she is today. All right, so now let's take a little bit of a break to get some liquid motivation And I'll be back to talk about the choice we have every day to be happy or to let life swallow us whole. I'll be right back. I'm back. So, so far we've talked about three influential happiness makers and how they created a life that they'd only dreamed of living. And they did so because they chose happiness over any other obstacle standing in their way. It wasn't that they didn't have obstacles. It's just that they made the choice to move forward past that and to choose happiness instead. So now let's talk about us ordinary people, the ones that haven't quite made it yet. We sure want to, though, don't we? We strive to be just like them, but in our heads we wonder, how will we ever make it there? What is their secret? Well, it seems to me from all of the people that I've been listening to, all the courses that I've been taking, that secret ingredient is the choice to choose happiness above all else and to stick with it that made all the difference. No matter what, they stuck with it. No matter how hard things were, they still choose joy. Now, we always have a choice to choose happiness. Sometimes that choice isn't so clear cut and it does begin to divide and conquer the obstacles, but we can still choose happiness anyway, despite whatever circumstances we might be going through. Even when we say things like, this is a good relationship one that I can think of comes to mind. You make me feel this way. You make me feel that way. We're invalidating happiness and choosing to allow that person to control our thoughts and our mindset when we use those words. Now, no one can make you feel a certain way. You might feel a certain way because of something they said or did, but they did not make you respond negatively. They did not make you choose to react in a negative way. It was your choice to take it to the level of unhappiness that you did. You could have chosen to respond differently and not let it affect you that way. Does that make sense? So now I'm not talking, let's just take this off the table right now. I'm not talking about living with an abusive spouse or a narcissist that plays constant head games on a person that lived through a traumatic event. Um, That's a whole separate level of choices and responses if there was abuse that was part of that equation. I'm talking about the things in our everyday lives that set us up to choose anger, fear, doubt, sadness, depression, anxiety, over choosing happiness. So why does it seem like these so-called experts have it all figured out and we're just left treading water and barely keeping our head above water sometimes? Some days I think it'd be easier just to bury our heads in the sand and just never come back out. And 
if we choose to do that, that's at the expense of our own happiness. Is it worth it? All of those choices we make to stay stuck, it takes more work for us to stay stuck than it does to move forward. So wouldn't you rather choose happiness? Now, I've talked in several podcasts about decluttering our lives in order to set our spirits free. But once we tackle that decluttering, then what? Then you're left with this wide open space of nothingness that you need to refill with something else. So that's where I feel that once we do all the decluttering and the work to to untether ourselves from the past and do all these things that we need to do to move forward, then we need to learn to replace those empty spaces with purpose-driven positivity to light our souls on fire and set our spirits free. We need to fill ourselves with happiness. So those few seconds when you're ready to explode, remember the five, four, three, two, one that Mel Robbins talked about, that those five seconds that we need to take especially if you're ready to explode or implode as I sometimes do. I don't always release it. Sometimes I do it to myself. That is the perfect time to do what I call stop, drop, and roll technique. Now, maybe not in the literal sense. I mean, unless it makes you feel better to get on the floor and somehow stop, drop, and roll like you're on fire, then by all means, take those words literally before you react. What I'm saying is, let's break that down to those three words, stop, drop, and roll. So stop, I want you to stop what you're doing and think about it. Take those five seconds and think, is this what's worth losing my shit over today? Is this what's worth destroying my happiness? Okay, the next word is drop. So if your answer is no to that first question, no, it's not worth losing my shiz over today, then drop it. Easy as that. Go do something. Think something. Be something other than what has you upset right this very second. And ask yourself again, will I feel this angry, this upset tomorrow if I've taken a few minutes to cool down and let things settle and for my mind to settle down? So the third word was roll. If your answer is no, by tomorrow this won't seem like such a big mountain, then let it roll off like water. Make a serious effort to change your own mindset, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of the other person that seems to be driving you to the edge of losing your mind. And what we need to understand is that we are the pilot of our emotions. No one, and I mean no one, can make you feel a certain way. They can push you to the edge. They can try and steal your joy. They can certainly try to suck every single last ounce of happiness you have left inside your spirit. I 100% agree with that. And there are millions of people in the world that would love to do nothing more than that. If nothing else, this whole year with COVID and quarantine and all the crap we've been through has shown that. There are people out there that do not want to see you happy, that do not want to see you move forward. But it is you and only you that has the choice how to respond to that nonsense. And that's all it is. It's a bunch of bullcrap. And it's you and only you that can step up, stop, drop, and roll, and choose happiness over making even more of a disaster out of your life. Every single time you can choose that, if that's what you want. If you'll do the work it takes to beat the odds and go for the gold, the joy, and the happiness. So before we make that choice, maybe we need to define what happiness is. There's plenty of philosophers on happiness, such as Aristotle, Epicurus. Um, there's just, there's so many books. There's so many, the Dalai Lama, there's so many books. There's so many influencers or motivational speakers that tell us to be happy, but what is happiness? 
So verywellmind.com defines true happiness as an emotional state characterized by feelings of joy, satisfaction, contentment, and fulfillment. I looked up the difference between joy and happiness because to me, I think that they're kind of the same thing, but I found a good article on compassion.com that says there's a main difference between joy and happiness. What is joy? What is happiness? Okay. So the difference between joy and happiness lives in the mind and the heart. Okay. It says that joy is in the heart. Happiness is on the face. Joy is of the soul. Happiness is of the moment. Joy transcends, happiness reacts. Joy embraces peace and contentment waiting to be discovered. Joy runs deep and overflows while happiness hugs hello. Joy is a practice and a behavior. It's deliberate and intentional. Happiness comes and goes blithely along the way. So in other words, we're choosing to remain joyful throughout the whatever circumstances we're going through. Happiness can be fleeting if you're like, well, that person just, you know, made me mad and somebody pulled out in front of me in traffic. There goes my happiness. But you can choose to remain joyful and grateful for the situation that you're in instead. So for every person who says that joy is an underlying truth that good or bad circumstances can't dictate and that happiness is rooted in circumstance, there will be others who think the opposite that joy is just a state of mind, the outcome of a mind seeking happiness and focused on pleasure, pleasing thoughts and pleasant experiences. So despite the different perspectives, the idea holds greater that experiencing happiness depends on external factors. Happiness happens to us, even though we may seek it, desire it, pursue it. Feeling happiness is not a choice we make. Joy, on the other hand, is a choice purposefully made. So that also makes sense. And it kind of goes against everything I've been talking about on choosing happiness. But I do understand what they're saying. They're saying that happiness doesn't bring joy and joy isn't the byproduct of happiness. Joy is something grander than happiness. Joy is a fruit of the spirit where we find joy. It's infused with comfort and wrapped in peace. And it's an attitude of the heart and spirit. Either way, when joy and happiness are present, we're in the moment. It's larger than life. It feels good. Nothing feels better or seems worthy of attention. It can be limitless, life-defining, transformative reservoir waiting to be tapped into. But it does require the utmost surrender, and like love, it's a choice to be made. Joy is not simply a feeling that happens. So, like I said, joy means bringing meaning to life, and it brings life to life. So let's learn how to bring more joy, more hope, more growth, opportunity, and let's learn how to choose happiness and joy and live our best lives out loud. The balance of emotions is that everybody experiences both positive and negative emotions, feelings, and moods. Happiness is generally linked to experiencing more positive feelings than negative. And I mean, unless you dwell on negativity and that makes you happy, then you probably need to find something else to do with your time and stop dwelling on destroying other people's lives. But (laughs) besides that, I believe all of us want to, we'd rather live a more positive life. And sure, that's hard to do with everything going on. Like I said, with COVID, with people's loss of jobs, loss of income, a lot of relationships ended. A lot of relationships didn't know how to make it through being at home together, being stuck home together, because you know what we did? We spent so much time chasing all these other things, money, jobs, Um, whatever else you were chasing that you forgot 
the center of your world should have always been your family. And these families were brought back together. And it was like, I don't know how to react with you. I don't know how to sit here and talk to you because we've had social media and TVs and devices and all that stuff coming between us and sitting between us that we haven't had a regular human conversation in months or possibly years. So some of those relationships, like I said, didn't, did not, um, make it through those times. And to me, that's sad. Other families really thrive through that time. I thought my husband and I being home through COVID would be, I thought it was a good thing between us because we don't, we don't get on each other's nerves. Like a lot of other couples, I really enjoyed that time with him, but I figured that our last teenager that was at home would absolutely, you know, be like, Oh my God, mom and dad are home all day. And after I went back to work, she told me, I'm really sad for you to go back to work. I really enjoyed the time that you were here and, you know, got to spend more time with you and see you. It was like the real me was back home. And that really struck a chord with me. So I was having a hard time in my own life, probably defining what happiness was to me. Happiness is my family. Yes. But, but what does that look like? I mean, there's so many venues to, to the things that could possibly make us happy. So for me, my husband makes me happy. My kids make me happy. My grandkids make me happy. My pets make me happy, but they are people. They are, they are the things in my life that make me happy. But outside of them, if you take those things away from you, then you're left sitting here going, well, they're all busy now. And I'm not feeling very happy because they're not home. And I went through a long period of that with kind of like our little empty nest syndrome, like we're starting right now. And it was like, wait a minute, you forgot who you are. You forgot the things that made you happy as an individual. So it's one of the reasons, like I started off talking about on this podcast, I used to be on my husband's podcast, the Crafted Quill podcast, but I also pulled myself away from that because I felt like I was limiting some of the things that he wanted to do because it really wasn't my thing at the time. I had no idea where this podcast was going to go and where all this was going to lead, but I am finding my own venue. I'm finding my own source of the things that make me happy. And the thing you need to remember is you can't let go of your core either, because the first thing you want to do is be like, Oh, I have this new endeavor and I'm so excited and I want to go start doing all these things. And I love this. And then your family's like, Hey, we're still here. So you need to find a balance, a happy medium and moms out there, the busy moms, especially single moms, any mom, you need to find your own source of happiness without your kids, without your family, without your husband. And once you start fueling that, I have found that it tends to make you a better mom, a better wife. Because that happiness comes from within. And when we don't fuel it within ourselves, how are we supposed to share it with everybody else? We, as moms, are truly the happiness makers. We make or break our family depending on our actions. And I feel like we need a little bit more self-care, a little bit more self-love, a little bit more happiness fed into our own lives so that we can share that and be the people that we want to be for, like I said, our kids, our family, our husbands whoever that might be. So let me ask again, what do you want to choose today? Do you want to remain stuck in uncertainty, doubt, 
addiction, fear, drama, anger, discontentment, sadness, hopelessness, all those negative just bleh, things that weigh us down? Or will you choose to stop, drop, and roll your way to finding more joy, creating more happiness everywhere you turn? And will you keep working at it until you've lived every single one of your wildly imaginative dreams out freaking loud? Because that's what I want you to choose. I hope that's the ladder that you choose, my friend. Stick with me and I'll share my thoughts and inspirations as I too try to find myself aligned with happiness. I want to learn how to slow down and seek out more joy, create more happiness every single place I choose to walk in life. So my friends, another episode is coming to an end. <laughs> Each week it seems like it flies by even faster and it's it's harder and harder to say goodbye. I feel like I want to just keep talking to you. I feel like we're friends and there's just things that I want to share with you. And I know I ramble sometimes about happiness and joy and you're like, blah, blah, blah. Let's get to something more exciting. But I think you know as well as I do that deep down, happiness is the root of everything else in our life. If you're happy at the core of who you are, if you create the person that you want to be, it doesn't matter how big or how small those dreams are, that happiness is going to spread like wildfire to everybody around you. And isn't that what life's really all about? This whole COVID thing, if, if, if it hasn't taught me anything else, it's that we need to love each other. We need to love the hell out of each other, no matter what we're going through, no matter what walk of life, no matter what religion, race, creed, color, sexual orientation, any of that crap. It doesn't matter, people. We should love each other from the very, very core of our beings that we were created by God, by the universe, by whoever you believe created us. I don't care if you believe that in Darwin's philosophy, whatever. I don't really care. I just want you to love each other. I want you to wrap your arms around each other and say, take me by the hand Let's walk this journey we're on together and let's find our happiness and our joy. So I hope you'll join me each week as we take the next steps in becoming more than we ever thought imaginable. And each week that I put on these podcasts, I feel like I'm redefining what that even means. When I first started that first podcast, I remember thinking, those are really cool words. I really want to help them become more than they ever thought imaginable. But what does that look like to you? What does your happiness look like to you? We will learn each week too that nothing is too big to handle when we step out of the way and we let the universe guide us. And that when we wrap our arms around each other and say, hey, I've got your back. I know you're struggling right now. I know you're searching for your happiness, but hey, let me take the load off of you for a while. Let me walk beside you and help you to find yours also. My wish is that I have provided you with hope that I've uplifted you, that I've made you laugh, made you cry, that you've wanted to scream out loud. I want to take my happiness back into my own hands. I choose happiness. I choose joy. And then most especially that I can do this. Yes, I can. Chin up, my friend. You've taken the next step and it's all uphill from here. So straighten your crown, take a deep breath in and let it all go because I believe in you. You've got what it takes and so do I. Together we'll make it through day by day and piece by piece until we're restored, healed, and find joy. There's that word again, until we find joy and happiness in our journey once again. I hope you guys have an amazing week and I will be back here to talk to you soon. Like I said, we're going to be 
wrapping up a podcast between my hubby and I coming up on our anniversary. We thought we'd share some thoughts on decluttering our marriage and how we've made it work over the last 22 years. So until then, hang in there and know that you're loved from here to the universe and back. Until next time, I'm unconditionally yours. All my love, Sadie. has been another episode of the Daily Escape podcast, and I am your host, Sadie K. Frazier.